Hello and welcome back to the Mostly Media Podcast, where we talk media mostly. Okay, starting out, I feel like I have a few things to address. First, if you've listened to episode two with Michaela and this episode, we have a very hectic new intro. Uh, Me and Janie recorded it ourselves. Janie and I, sorry, grammar. Um, I hope you like it. It it seems kind of shocking whenever I first play the episode, so I hope you enjoy that. (laughs) Second is... um, the lack of a video for episode two, if you looked at YouTube, um, if you watch through YouTube, I don't know if I'm going to be filming every episode with a video. I know I won't be. Um, last week, when Mikhail and I were filming for last episode, we it was a very spur of the moment. It was right before we left to go to Janie's bridal shower. Like... That's why it was like eight minutes long. We did not have time to sit down and do a full episode. It was like, hey, Michaela, want to film a little podcast? It was a little joke. And we ended up doing it. And I posted it. So that was that. And I just don't want to have to set up a camera every time. Because when I'm not using this space, or when I'm not filming a podcast, this space is like my office, my room. All my stuff is in here, basically. So I still need to move around the room. And I can't do it when there's a tripod and a camera right there. So it's just a little bit of a hassle to set it up, get it all right, the lighting, whatever. And if I decide to film at night, the lighting's going to be terrible. There's a window right here that's lighting me, basically. Other than that, I have some string lights. You can't see them. And, like, some lamps. Uh, So, yeah. So don't... If you're watching on YouTube, don't... Don't count on video podcasts every week. Um, I feel like there was one other thing I wanted to, to... bring to light or acknowledge. Um, it's not coming to mind. Sorry. Okay. So we'll, we'll just move on. Okay. Uh, so this episode, no guest. I'm going to try to get guests whenever I can, but I feel like it might just be me a lot of the time. Maybe every other episode I can try to get a guest, but it's going to be me. Get ready. Um, and so for this episode... Uh, for the first very for episode one, the pilot, I did like a background why I'm starting the podcast, what it's going to be about, and then last week or last episode, we had Michaela do One Thousand Pound Sisters, a very as I said, a shallow dive because we didn't have a lot of time. Uh, and so for this episode, I wanted to do a bit of a episode about me, kind of, and talk about some of my favorite media and also. I'm filming this Monday on the the 13th, so yesterday, the 12th, was a Sunday. It was the Oscars, so all the winners are announced. Maybe I'll briefly touch on that. I have that on my computer right here, adding that to the setup. Um, So yeah. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. The setup's a little bit different. I'm not holding the mic anymore. I couldn't do that. I don't like... You can hear when I touch it. I don't... I didn't like that. So I have this janky little tripod set up for now. This is how Michaela and I filmed. So I'm going to try to get a better mic stand so it can just like hang over here instead of having all this in the way. I need a better setup. There's a whole like footstool down here holding all my equipment. So 
yeah, that's what I wanted to touch on really. And then we'll kind of get into the episode now to talk about what I want to. So as I said, the Oscars were yesterday. The nominations or the awards were given. Uh, and before we talk about who won and all, I don't really want to talk about it because I'm going to get mad. But <clears throat> I decided mid last week on like Wednesday that I wanted to sit down and watch as many of the nominated films as I could before the Oscars aired last sun last night. Ooh. Um, and going into it, I'd only f- seen a couple of the films. Like I watched Elvis in theaters. I saw everything everywhere all at once in theaters in theater theaters. Is, I don't think that's correct in theater. Other than that, I, uh, I saw Turning Red when it came out last March, I think it was, March, April, last spring. And I saw uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio when it came out. Other than that, I hadn't seen any of the other films. I didn't even try to watch any of the documentaries or um, short films. That's what it was. Yeah, short films. I hadn't seen any of those. I, I, I just didn't have time to get to it. I had so many films to watch to try to gauge what I wanted to watch or what I had to watch. And I just couldn't get to it. So I did not. And so I, there, I don't know the exact number of how many films were nominated. It was quite a few. I, my journal from the first episode, I started writing down everything I had to watch and how long they were. And where I could watch them. Uh, <laughs> so, as I said, it started Wednesday. And also, I'm going to do a, cl- a little plug here. I have a Letterboxd account. Not surprising. I told you in the first episode. Why is that not surprising? Oh my gosh, I can't remember already. My Letterboxd account, I don't know what. If you want to go find it. I, ha- I review every movie I watch now. Um... <clears throat> And I watched one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. I watched ten of the nominated movies between the eighth and the eleventh of March, which um, I'll tell you about shortly. I watched some other movies that weren't nominated in that time too. Oh. Okay, so it started on the eighth. I had I'm I don't know if you, my my office is directly connected to the furnace. There's a door right to the furnace right there, a closet. So I don't know if you can hear the furnace starting. Don't blame me for that. Um, so on the seventh, I watched Megan. I started it so long ago, and I I never finished it. And I finished Megan on the seventh, and then I was like, you know what? The Oscars are next Sunday. I'm going to try to watch as many of these movies as I can. And I tried. I tried. Believe me, I tried. I have the whole list right here. If you are not watching, I'm holding a book. Um, and I... I forgot to cross that one out. Sorry. <laughs> so, on my list, these are just the ones that I wanted to watch. Uh, Women Talking, Tar, All Quiet on the Western Front, After Sun, Marcel the Shell, Puss in Boots... The Whale, Black Panther, uh, Sea Beasts, 
the Triangle of Sadness, the Banshees of Inisherin, Batman, Top Gun Maverick, Babylon, the Fablemans, and uh, I I wasn't sure if I wanted to watch Living, um, so I put a question mark next to it. And out of all those movies, you can see this on my letterbox if you go look it up, I watched Women Talking, Tar, Marcel the Shell, Puss in Boots, Black Panther, The Sea Beast, uh, The Banshees of Inisherin, Batman, and Babylon. Those are the ones I was able to watch. And... Okay, able to watch. Those are the ones I was able to watch, not counting the ones I'd already seen, like Elvis, everything, everywhere, all at once. And I have opinions. <laughs> if I know you don't want to hear them, but I'm going to give them. Um, I am mad at the Academy. I am deeply upset because... Because the best movie on this list is the last one I was able to watch was Babylon. I'd wanted to watch Babylon for so long, and I finally did on the 11th, on Saturday. That movie was so good. I guess I should tell you there's a lot of nudity, a lot of... It's very gross for a while. There's a lot of gross things in the movie, but it was so good. The ending was a bit confusing, but I feel like I get it. I didn't even have to watch a, a ending explained video. I kind of... I guess it's my interpretation of it, though. But Babylon deserved way better, in my opinion, from the Academy's perspective. They, they only got two nominations, and it was for Best Original Score and um, Best Costuming. But, like, I thought the writing was really good. Like, the costumes were good. Very nice. And the soundtrack was good. But I feel like Babylon should have been nominated for Best Picture. Like, there are some movies that were on the Best Picture list that I did not really agree with. I have to get this out of the way. Babylon was really good, but it did not need to be three hours long. That is the downfall of Babylon, is how long it is. And that's a downfall for so many of these movies, in my opinion. I need, like, a movie that's, I feel like 145 to two hours is, like, the perfect length for a movie. It does not need to be three hours long to be good. Like, Black Panther was three hours, basically. The Batman was three hours. Babylon was three hours. These movies don't need to be three hours long to be good. Especially when a lot of that space is filled with nothing. Like, the Batman, in my opinion, and Black Panther had action scenes that were way too long. They could have shortened them, and the movie would be exactly the same. In Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, I feel like there were so many parts where they were just staring at each other, not saying a word. And did it win at all? Did it win anything? I think it won something. I'll, I can get into it later. But, like... These movies, I want to be entertained the whole time. Like, Babylon was three hours, but I feel like a lot of that time was filled with content that was relevant, relevant, relevant to the film. But when you're just staring, or the action scene of them fighting lasts, like, 10, 15 minutes, I don't need to sit there and watch the same people fighting the same fight for that long. It's not necessary. 
Um, aside from that, um, I've lost my train of thought. <clears throat> um, the Banshees of Sharon didn't, did it win? I don't think it won anything. No, it was Tar didn't win anything. The ba- Tar also a really long movie. That one was way too long, filled with dead space. The writing, not that good in my opinion. I gave it a two and a half stars on Letterboxd. I think the idea is... Oh, my string lights just turned off. Um, The idea and premise is really interesting. Like a conductor that's kind of like her fall from grace, from her peak. Um, It was really... It was good. Kate Blanchett really did a good job in the performance. And the ending, it's comical how it, it comes out of nowhere. You're, they, they try to do that, though. It's, it's trying to... Oh, I can't think of a word. Um, change your expectations. Something like that. Like, I'm not going to recommend you to see Tar because I don't think it was that great i'm kind of glad it didn't win any awards Kate blanchett did a good job but other than that i don't think it's very important of a film to go see um but other than that the banshees of inisharan didn't win tar there were two other ones that i know didn't win i don't babylon didn't win either of its awards i'm sad about that um oh well the Banshees of Inisherin didn't win any awards. I was hearing so many good things about that movie. I knew so many people that wanted to go see it and and just watch it afterwards. I watched it and I did not like it. I felt like the first hour of the film was kind of boring. Like I was following the plot and all, but like I didn't really care much for the story. The characters were good. Colin Farrell did a good job. So did Brendan Gleeson. Oh, and uh, uh, um, Carrie Condon, amazing job. But I don't think that movie was that great. The cutting of the fingers, sorry if that spoils anything, was like the highlights. The highlights were him cutting his fingers off and chucking them at the door and the burning at the end. I understand it's kind of supposed to be a slow burn into this madness and whatever, but it just wasn't for me. I gave it a two stars. It wasn't my kind of movie. Um, what else was nominated for Best Picture? Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. One, gladly. I'll gladly take that. That is amazing. Um, I wasn't able to watch Quiet on the Western Front, All Quiet on the Western Front, or The Fablemans, uh, or Top Gun, or The Triangle of Sadness. I really tried to, but I wasn't able to get to it. I just ran out of time. I really should have decided to do this way before this and from what I've heard the triangle of sadness it, it didn't really deserve to be best picture because I don't know I, I don't know anything about that movie I don't take that from me but in my opinion Babylon could have t- oh I also didn't watch Avatar I'm re- I refuse to watch Avatar I haven't seen the first one I didn't go see the second one I'm not going to watch Avatar don't try to make me watch Avatar don't tell me anything I don't want to know um the Fablemans, I think that one can stay. I'm really interested in that one. It looks and sounds really good. I they didn't win any awards either. I wish they would have. I'm also kind of glad Elvis didn't win anything. That's the other one that didn't win. 
Elvis was good, but I just feel like Babylon could have taken his place and I would have been happy. Like, it does not need to be up for best picture. It was, the editing was good, but I just don't, I'm kind of sick of uh, biopics, biopics, I don't know. I've heard people pronounce it both ways. I say biopic. I'm sick of biopics. I don't need another one unless it's about the mamas and the papas or Fleetwood Mac. Anything else, I don't want it. Don't need it. Don't try to make it. Um, but yeah, let, let's, let's shift our focus to women talking. I've heard people bashing this movie and saying it wasn't good. And I will not listen to them. I loved women talking. That was my second pick for best picture. I either wanted women talking or everything everywhere all at once to win. I'm very glad everything everywhere all at once won, but women talking, it won best original writing, best, best adaption, sorry, best adaption. Um, and I'm sad that it didn't get more praise than what it did. Like, yeah, the color grading was a bit iffy. It's supposed to give off the sense of like a brooding, like bleakness to the world, which I feel like if they would have had the color, it still could have done that effectively. Maybe not like a midsummer brightness to it, but Women Talking was such a good film and I'm very sad. Did the camera just die? Um, I just uh, checked the camera. It is dead. So if you are watching on YouTube, sorry for the lack of video, but I'm not going to try and fix that. You're just going to have to deal with the rest of the video with just audio. Welcome to the podcast. Where was I? Was I talking about, I was talking about women talking. I, the characterization, the world building. I just thought everything was so good and you can really feel for these characters and they all like, there are certain characters that you are kind of meant to dislike at first because they come off as harsh and angry and bitter and you dislike them at first, but then you start to realize you can't blame these women for how they're reacting to this issue. They are in a shitty situation. And it's 2010. That's, that's what really got me. 2010, and it looks like they're in like the 1800s, Abraham Lincoln's back in the cabin, like... That's what this movie gives. And it's a shock when you find out it's 2010. And I loved that about it. I'm just going to move on because I could I could just keep going on that forever. The last thing I'll say about that is since it is 2010, these are women that are like living off grid in the middle of Philadelphia in 2010. And like, how are they going to assimilate back into like 2010 societies like iPhone, Starbucks? How are they? G- I, I need a, a sequel to show that process. If you're out there, make that happen, please. I'm not gonna touch on any of the short films or documentaries, and I I can't really say much about the awards that were given out to the movies I I haven't seen, like Sound for Top Gun, I didn't see Top Gun, Uh, Visual Effects, Avatar got it. Okay, I dislike Avatar, but I I can admit, they have some good visual effects. It looks really good. The, The quality is very nice. Uh, Jamie Lee won supporting actress, Michelle Yeoh won leading actress, and Kei Kwan won actor and supporting role. Now, <clears throat> this is going to finish off um, 
the Oscars portion of this episode. Jamie Lee, lover to death. I know, I know everybody. She invented Instagram. Yeah, you heard that right. She is the, she made Instagram. You know that. Everybody knows that. She should not have won Best Supporting Actress. I, I know that's, that might be controversial. It might, it's really 50-50, I feel like. There's a lot of people that say she, she's, she deserves this. And there's a lot of people saying she didn't deserve it. I am leaning on the fence of she didn't deserve it. Not because she wasn't good in the role. Just because this year with the people in this lineup, I feel like any one of these actresses deserved it for their roles more than Jamie Lee. Maybe not Ho Chong. Wait. Hong Chow. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Maybe not Hong Chow. I didn't see The Whale. I heard it was... I've heard that it was really good and then I just saw something today that it, it was very bad writing. I don't know. But like, Angela Bassett was amazing in Black Panther. You could feel the emotion coming out of the screen. She like captivated the audience with that role. R.I.P. You didn't hear that from me. Um... Carrie Condon in The Banshees of Inisherin, she was the best character in that movie. She was the standout role. I'm sorry, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. Carrie Condon, like Angela Bassett, did the thing. And she should have she could have taken that over Jamie Lee 100%. But here's what gets me. Love Carrie Condon, love Angela Bassett and their roles in the movies. Hong Chow, I, I'm sure you were great. Stephanie... Sue was robbed. Stephanie Sue was way better in everything, everywhere, all at once than Jamie Lee Curtis. They were both amazing in the movie, but the, like, Stephanie just, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I feel like Jamie's character was very one note. It was just goofy villain the whole time. With like that, like softens up at the end, like. Eh. But like Stephanie, her role, her characterization had layers. You could feel the anger, the pain, everything about her role was perfect. She should have won Best Supporting Actress, and that is all I'm going to say because I could go on forever about so many of these topics. Moving on from the Oscars, I guess. I don't know how much time I have. I don't know how long I've been recording for. I have to go to work in 30 minutes. I'm going to kind of round this out with briefly talking about some of my top picks for movies on Letterboxd. Okay. Okay, so if you happen to stumble upon my profile on Letterboxd, I don't remember if there's usernames on here or if it's just your name. I think my username might just be my name, Cole Giroux. If you go to Letterboxd and just look up Cole Giroux, I'm sure you can find me. My profile picture is a picture of me in a mirror with a old vintage looking statue. If you want to find me, go do it and follow me. I use the app quite a bit currently. So if you have never used Letterboxd, um, the way it works is it is an app. You can use browser, Google, whatever, or you can download the Letterboxd app and do it through there. Um, and it's just a place where you can review movies. And on your profile, 
you can add up to four of your favorite films. So when people look at your profile, they can look at your films and like see what like your your taste is kind of almost. Um, and for me personally, I feel like my taste is elite, but I know some people might disagree. Um, so my top four, uh, in the fourth spot, I have Spirited Away by Studio Ghibli. Great film. It is not my favorite Studio Ghibli film, but arguably the best. You cannot sit here and tell me that any other Studio Ghibli film is better than Spirited Away. It is their best film, but not my favorite. My favorite is Kiki's Delivery Service. It is the perfect little story. It is beautiful. Uh, moving on, next I have Mother, exclamation point, with um, Jennifer Lawrence. If you haven't seen this, it is a horror thriller, mystery horror thriller, I'd say. Um, and I don't know how much I'm going to get into this, but it is amazing. I heard so much flack. You heard that right, flack about this film on TikTok. And I had to look into it for myself. I heard that this movie was terrible. It made no sense. The ending was shite. But I loved this movie. It is about this couple in this house. Um, and they're living this perfect little tranquil life in the forest. And then this random person shows up and they, he starts to invade their home and like more people show up and it just becomes a big mess. Like everything gets destroyed. There's murder. There's the breaking of a house, pipes, floods, all of it. Um, and near the end, she gets pregnant, has a baby. I, if I remember correctly, it was like in a day she got pregnant and gave birth like bam. It was not nine months. I'll tell you that. I don't think so. I might be remembering wrong. It's been a while since I've watched it. But after the baby's born, she's like hiding away with the baby because their house is like surrounded and engulfed with people. Uh, she falls asleep eventually and her baby instantly gets taken. As her, their house is full of people, the people start to almost worship and praise this baby. And they're like, <laughs> it sounds bad to say, but crowd surfing, they're like, moving the baby along over their heads like you would at like crowd surfing in a concert and the baby dies. I won't get too much into that, but then I'm not going to give the rest away. If what I've said about this movie interested you go for it, I would recommend it, but I've heard people say it's a one watch only don't rewatch it. I'm probably going to rewatch it at some point, but I would recommend. Uh, next up we have fantastic Mr. Fox by Wes Anderson. I know Wes Anderson can be a bit controversial with, some of his, uh, the ways he makes his movies and whatnot in his casting. I think it's specifically about casting, but fantastic. Mr. Fox is a great film. The only other Wes Anderson movie I've seen fully is a grand Budapest hotel. I started watching Isle of dogs, but I got bored. I couldn't get into it. I need to go down a little deep dive of Wes Anderson films. Cause I love You love or hate him. His directing and framing and just how he makes his movies is beautiful. It, they just always look so good and amazing. There's a certain vibe and it's all orange and just it's great. Fantastic Mr. Fox is one of the best films ever. Lastly, my top tier favorite movie of all time is Midsummer, A24, directed by Ari Aster. Oh my gosh. I have seen this movie upwards of 10 times. 
I don't know how many times I've specifically watched this movie, but it is way more than 10. Maybe, maybe 15, 10, 20, in that range. It is so good to me. And I, I was getting sick of it for a while. I'll tell you that. I, I've watched it so much, it was getting a little bit repetitive, and I don't think I could have watched it again. But for this last Christmas, my mom got me the director's cut Blu-ray DVD from the A24 website. And oh my gosh, it made the movie one billion times better. If you have seen Midsummer and you did not like it or you felt like it wasn't flushed out enough, watch the director's cut. There was so much cut from the film that added so much important detail to the movie. Like, there's one specific scene towards the middle of the movie, I believe, maybe middle towards the end, where Danny and, um, oh my gosh, I've seen this so many times, why can't I remember his name? Christian. Christian. Christian, Christian. Um, where they're, f- it's right, no, it's right in the middle. It's right after the, um, the cliff scene. I'll say that. Right after the cliff scene, they get into this huge fight and it's like a 10 minute long scene that leads into another one of the, um, um, communes, little, um, rituals, um, customs, traditions, whatever you want to call it, that they cut that whole scene and there's a specific part of the scene where this child is wearing something and then later in the movie you see that thing on somebody else and it just brings so much more meaning to seeing that person in it like you don't have any idea why this person is dressed like this at the end of the film without that scene that they cut it just added it's that little detail that just made it so much better to me and there were parts when they were driving in to Iceland from the uh, airport. There were just like a whole scene where Danny's in the car and just showing all of that. It's just so much small detail was cut, which I understand. Like, I guess I earlier I talked about I don't need this movie to be three hours long. But for Midsummer, for me personally, this is my favorite movie. I, I If this movie was five hours long, I would watch it. Ari Aster, if you have a five-hour-long director cut of *Midsummer*, I will gladly see it. But there's just so much little detail that was taken out of the movie to shorten it and make it better for viewing that, in my opinion, made it worse for viewing. I love the director's cut. Go see it. Go. I guess you have to buy the director's cut. If you want to see the director's cut, come to my house. I got you. We'll have a movie night. I did make... A group of my friends watch Midsummer with me. We do a movie night almost, I think every other week we try to do it, where we try to show some of our favorite movies to each other so we can just get to know each other a little bit more, branch out our movie taste, whatever. And I think I scarred a few of them a little bit. Midsummer is like a lot of these movies on this list, a lot of movies that I've talked about in this episode, trigger warning, there's a lot of blood, murder, like there's not good things in the movies make sure you do your research about what's in the movie before you watch it please um so uh i've apologized before but i want to apologize apologize again to my friends i'm sorry that i made you watch midsummer i did try to warn you i did let you know when things were happening in the film i tried to the things i could remember but (laughs) i'm apologizing Yes. Okay. So I think that's going to wrap everything up, really. I don't 
really want to delve too deep into anything else today. I just wanted to talk about the Oscars that happened and some of my qualms with the Academy. And also just a little bit of some of my favorite films. So yeah, thank you for listening to Mostly Media, where we talk media mostly. Oh, and before I go, I want to let you know that for next week, I believe I'm going to film with my wife, Janie. I'm going to try to stop saying my wife so much. I said it so much in the first one, the first episode. I'm, you have to learn Janie's name, please. I don't want to have to keep saying my wife. She is going to be filming with me sometime this week, probably. We're going to finish up The Last of Us, I think, and we'll give you a little deep dive synopsis into that. So stay tuned for that. I think that'll be next Friday. So yeah, thank you for joining me, and I hope you come back. Bye.